Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. Now, recently, uh, my cousin Oliver came to my flat and we had uh, a few conversations. And I thought that I would present him with uh, an interesting uh, criminal legal case which I had found uh, on the internet. So uh, why don't you listen to that and uh, see if you can learn some legal English uh, vocabulary related to criminal law, okay? Um, So that's what you can expect in this episode of the podcast. So hello, everyone, and I'm sitting here in, uh, in my living room with my cousin, Ollie. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Luke. Now, um, you've been on the podcast before. I have. I've uh, featured once. Yeah. Which episode was that? That was the, um, the, the London Underground. The London Underground, tips, that's right. Tips and etiquette. Right. Um, okay. How have you been? I've Since been very well, thank you. Good. I've been uh, working hard and uh, playing football and playing music and life is fine, thank you. Okay, good. You do work very hard, don't you? I do work very hard, yeah, yeah. particularly at the moment. Yeah, you've yeah. just got a new job, in fact. I have got a new job, yeah. What are you doing now? I'm working at the BBC. I'm now Head of Production for Factual Programmes in London. Head of Production for Factual Programmes in London? That's right. That sounds quite important. It's all relative. Relative to what? Relative to everyone else in the BBC. It's reasonably important to some people and completely meaningless to others. Okay. How uh, how many steps are you away from being numero uno? Oh, I don't know. Probably five. Five steps from the top? Five steps from the top. Seriously? Yeah, still that far. Like, Do you mean that far? No, or? I mean that's really close. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of people. How many people? In, in I mean, those, how many... Within those five bands, there's probably you know, hundreds. Oh, okay. But in a sense, you're like five steps, being five jobs from the from the yeah, top. Yeah, in theory, yes. Oh, God, and you're only what thirty four. Yeah. You're, you think you're going to be the boss of the BBC one day? I very much doubt it. Really? Yeah, I really doubt it. Okay, but in your job, you're responsible for production of factual programming in London. That's in, right. In London, so that's documentaries. Yeah. Programs about art, history, business, yeah. science, language. Uh, not language. Actually. Why not? Because that, that's not really a kind of genre. That might. What would it come under? It's probably under BBC Learning, which is a separate okay. separate division. Yeah, BBC Learning. They're kind of my competitors. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely crush them. I do. Do you think I crush the BBC? I think, I think you crush the I BBC's don't, language I don't know. department. I don't think I do. I, well, I think just me on my own against the whole BBC language department, I would probably crush them because I'm the equivalent of like Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're just like the citizens of Tokyo yeah. in the, uh, what, the 60s or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> Godzilla just crashing through just this sort of lone nutter yeah. who's just sort of garnered all this massive amounts of... Uh, Sort of credibility, yeah. just crashing through the the <laughs> BBC right. with my podcast. Or King Kong, maybe. Yeah, I'm like King Kong, 
but better than King Kong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like King Kong who didn't die at the end. Apologies if you've seen if you haven't seen the film, but he does die at the end. He does die at the end, and uh, his grammar is actually quite poor. King Kong, he, King Kong's grammar. Yeah, non- non-existent almost. Yeah, he doesn't really have any grammar. No, so in that way, you're definitely better. Than I'm definitely King Kong. better than him in that sense. Also, I'm. I'm more capable of, of dealing with helicopters. Yes, you could fly one, you could get in one. I could, yeah. yeah. And plus, I've, I've got better kind of uh, pick-up lines, chat-up lines. Yeah, you've got lines, full stop. Yeah. I, I don't think King Kong... But he does pull. Well, he managed... Do you think the girl, you know, in King Kong, you know, the, yeah. the woman who he's in love with, the yeah. blonde... Do you think they have sex? No, that's not the question I was about to <laughs> ask, but fair enough. No, I was thinking, do you think that um, she was actually into it? Was she interested? I think she was. Really? Yeah, I think he, I think I think she was hot for King Kong. She was hot for him. Yeah. She was like, oh my god, I love the way he's got like, you know, such load of hair on the back of his hands. Oh my god, it's so hot right now. Exactly. I love his. I love that monkey face. My god, his his brutal face. Um, the fact that he's he's a, you know he's not even human. It's just it just turns me on so much. He's so he's so different. He's not like the other guy. You don't know him like I know him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a bad guy. He just wants to be left alone in the, in the jungle. What do you reckon, right? King Kong and Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Do you think they, they would be friends? Um, yeah, I think so. Tarzan is, is fairly friendly with most of the jungle. thing is, though, what's Tarzan known as? He's known as the king of the jungle, right? Yeah, that's true. And what about King Kong? He's true. king. He's king, king of Kong. Well, just King Kong. Yeah. Of of I don't know where. Well, that's the thing. But if they met if they met each other, what would happen? Would they have a fight or what? No, I think they would um, they would sit down and chew the fat. Chew the fat. What do you yeah. mean by that? I think they would have a, a conversation. So to chew the fat, listeners, means to have a conversation. <laughs> a bit like the way uh, my cousin Oliver and I are doing at this very moment. How did we get onto the subject of King Kong? Um, we were talking about uh, the, I was, you and you and your, it was a metaphor for your relationship with BBC Language. So the fact that BBC Language are obviously a very organised sort of uh, uh, wing of the BBC. They've got many members of staff working for them, and so they represent the sort of organised, um, uh, let's say, kind of um, civil sort of society of Tokyo in the Godzilla movies. And me as Luke's English podcast, I'm just me, but I'm massive because I've got so many listeners and because I won this amazing award that's right the Macmillan Award the Macmillan I Love Dictionary Awards 2011 I think the BBC were were desperately desperately fighting for that award I think that that was a broadside to the the BBC that was yeah yeah, yeah. and they were like oh my god uh, get down to the BBC at once we've we've just heard Luke's won the Macmillan Dictionary Awards competition get in here I want you to start writing that blog pronto we need to out teach this guy there were were people sitting sweating around boardroom tables they were yeah 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 all the BBC people were in in there anyway I don't know quite how we got onto that that's it because your job you've just started a new job as head of the BBC head of production head of production yeah we we shouldn't overplay it really what I was thinking is that maybe you could sort of set up a TV show yeah. Uh, in which I, um, you know, present um, a kind... Think of it as a bit like Top Gear, but for language. Yeah. You know the way Top Gear, they deal with cars? They, yeah, they sort yeah, of... Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't really tell you any useful information about cars. 
yeah. but it's very interesting, exciting. I feel like that's what I do. You're gonna that's what I bring to the English language. I don't really tell you anything that's useful or interesting. But, uh, but it's very entertaining. You test drive some compound verbs. Is that, it, is that what you're exactly. I, I'm, I test drive phrasal verbs. I show off the English language. That's right. It's, it's not so much, um, you know, kind of um, consumer advice, more just a, a chance to, to watch the stig um, driving a, a Lamborghini around a track. That's right. That's, it's, that's right. essentially what we're doing. It's car porn. Well, um, yeah, I don't like to use that word, to be honest, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, what I'm trying to say is that we're the glamour end of the English language here. <laughs> the glamour? <laughs> I'm at the glamorous end of the English language. Okay, right. Okay. Right, I'm going to take control of things now. Now, um, I'm going to present you with um, a story which you don't know about. Okay, um, okay. It, I, I haven't told you about this uh, before, have I? Yes. <laughs> No, sorry, no, I'm drinking okay. wine. We're drinking, no. we're drinking red wine at the moment. It's an old bottle of French red wine, which is 16.5%. Yeah, it's basically, it's halfway to port. It's almost like port, and uh, it's very sweet and very uh, rich. Um, oh. So, you know, it's a little bit difficult to drink, to be honest. Mm. Anyway, um, so this is a story which I used to use in Japan okay. when I was an English teacher in, in Japan many years ago. Like Godzilla. Like Godzilla. But he wasn't an English teacher. He wasn't, but he was in Japan. He was in Japan. Okay, so this is a story that I used to use in those lessons, and I actually found it one day in the teacher's room on a piece of paper, a very badly photocopied piece of paper with this story. And I read it, and I thought, wow, that's really interesting and amazing, and I'm sure that my students would find it interesting and instructive in some way. So I've recently found it again, found this story again, so I'm going to share it with you. Okay. Um, now... The story is a kind of a mystery. You might have heard it before because it's, it's one of those internet phenomenons sort of thing. You might have heard it before, but it's a mystery story based around a crime. So it's a kind of a crime mystery. Okay. Now, um, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to tell you the story bit by bit, and I'm going to ask you various questions. And you have to be like a detective. You've got to try and work out what exactly happened, what kind of crime is it, who's responsible. Um, now... I know that uh, you've already know a few things about criminal justice, I imagine. A bit, yeah. Because your father, my uncle, is a judge. That's right. Um, he's a, he, he works at the criminal court. He does, he works in the Crown Court. Crown Court. In uh, Ipswich. In Ipswich, so Ipswich Crown Court. The Crown Court is the High Court for criminal cases. Uh, it's the, not the High Court, the High Court Isn't is it? different, but it's, it is, they do try criminal I think cases. It's, quite I think it's the High Court. Is it? Yeah. He's yeah, not yeah. a high court judge, though. He's a crown court judge. Okay. Well, as far as I know, all criminal cases first go to the magistrates. Not all, I don't think. I think they do. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I, I, I know they do. So, so murder, would that go to the magistrate? Um, yeah, it okay. would. It would. It would go to the... Um, anyone who gets um, arrested and charged for a crime... They go to the magistrates almost immediately after, like the next day, yeah. and, the, and the magistrates are like three. Um, they're like judges, but they're not actually judges. They're lay people, yeah. so sort of they're like super jurors. Yeah, exactly. Like respected members of the community, business people, or whatever, and they sit and they listen to the, the the indictment of what the crime is, and then based on that, they decide whether it's um, an indictable offence or a summary offence. Okay, this is, this is advanced language. This is legal English yeah. that we're dealing with now. You're getting it for free. You're getting some <laughs> free legal English here, criminal law, to be honest. I think 
really it's the civil commercial law that they would pay for. But anyway, I've given you a little bit of criminal law for free. So um, they go to the magistrate's courts and the magistrates listen to the, the indictment and then they decide whether it's a summary offence or an indictable offence. If it's a summary offence, that means it's not very serious. That's not to do with the summer versus the winter. It's nothing to do with summer, winter, autumn, okay. spring, none of that. It's a summary it's yeah. not like sort of. It's not like the the criminal sort of uh, stole some flowers or something from a market. Yeah. It's not a summary of it. It's not like someone stole some ice cream. Or, no, no, you know, I, no. See, I see. Summary, as in S U M M A R. Well, it's still the same spelling, but anyway. No, no, it's different. It's name. Yes, that's right. S U M M A R Y. Um, so, a summary offence, not very serious, and an indictable offence, which is a much more serious crime, which has to be heard in front of a jury and the judge okay. in, in a court and that so I believe that's the high court. traffic in a way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so your father my uncle works as a judge in a crown court in Ipswich which deals with indictable criminal offences yeah so you kind of know probably a little bit about a little bit yeah and both my sisters are lawyers that's right we and can, my brother-in-law is a lawyer you've got legal connections legal connections like your girlfriend that's right that's right Plus, you know, you're a fairly intelligent uh, individual. I can count You can spell. You can count and spell, OK. Yeah. Um, so, before I read the story to you, I, I just feel like we need to define some terms, OK? Now, the first term that I, I'd like to define is the word suicide. Yeah. So, this, how, is, this, this is a dark term. This is a very dark term, but I told you it's like a, a criminal mystery story okay you know picture a kind of film noir kind of situation yeah America you know sometime in the past um, it's probably raining isn't it it could be raining Los Angeles something like that yeah. think of it as like a, cr- a criminal mystery story okay yeah so it's going to get a little bit dark the story is a bit dark it deals with some dark themes um, so what is how would you define suicide then I think suicide is when someone takes their own life um, for example, in a car accident? No, when someone deliberately kills themselves. Okay, so they, they end their own life on purpose yeah. with intention to do it. Okay, so it's not just if they kill themselves by accident. No, it's, it's like hanging, jumping off a tall building. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. That kind of thing. All right, so that's suicide. You intend to kill yourself and you do. Because isn't there a crime? Is it a crime, suicide? I think uh, not legally. Right. As in, in a religious, in, in yeah, some religions it might be yeah. frowned upon. But I don't think it's illegal to kill yourself. I don't know if attempted suicide was a crime in the past. I think oh, in the past, yeah, but quite possibly. But that yeah. would be for religious reasons. Right, okay. So the next one is uh, murder. Yeah. How do you define that? Murder is when you deliberately kill somebody else. Okay. Um, you deliberately kill someone else. So, for example, um, a man breaks into my house and he threatens to kill my family and I have no choice but to shoot him before he kills my family. That would be manslaughter. Really? Why? But I deliberately killed him. Because there was... Um, I assume that it would be because there was just cause, that kind of thing. You would have a, a compelling reason why you had to take that action. Okay. So that you killed them and there's no ju- there's, that's never entirely justified. Mm-hmm. But there was a reason for it. So maybe murder is with... Um, Prior intent, so it's planned. Yeah, okay. It's like a pre-planned um, act of, of killing a person when you've planned it in advance and there aren't any other factors which somehow make it less serious. Yes, So, exactly, like the, yeah. This idea of having no choice, I had to kill him because he was going to kill my family, that might be 
considered to be a mitigating factor. Yes. So that's something which makes the crime somehow less serious. That's right. Or, or if your wife had slept with someone else and she was, she was talking to you about it and trying to anger you, yeah. and in the spur of the moment you did something which ended up with her dying, you, you, you that pu- might you, be manslaughter. You pushed her and she fell down the stairs and she broke her yeah, neck. Or you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that, that, because although you intended to do it at that moment, you weren't really... Um, of sound mind. Of sound mind. So that might be a mitigating factor because of the, the moment of passion that yeah, you lost exactly. control, for example, and that might make it manslaughter. That's right, an involuntary manslaughter might be when you accidentally kill somebody else, right. but you were um, doing something which was not, uh, responsible. Not, not responsible. For example, if you're drunk driving and you kill a pedestrian, exactly. that would be involuntary manslaughter. Okay? Yeah. So you've got involuntary manslaughter, which is like you do it by accident, then you've got voluntary manslaughter. It's just manslaughter, just, probably. Just manslaughter. That's where you maybe you kill someone, but you didn't really want to do it, so maybe it was a crime of passion or you were insane. And then above that, you've got murder. Okay. The, uh, mitigating factors. These are the things that make crime less serious. And aggravating factors are the things that make it more serious. So that would be, in, for example, in a, in, a, in a robbery. If it's an armed robbery, um, if you use a weapon and you cause a lot of distress or maybe hit someone, that those would be uh, aggravating factors. So an aggravated assault. An aggravated assault, exactly. So we've dealt with suicide, we've dealt with murder, we've dealt with manslaughter. Uh, by the way, the verb that we use with all of these is the word to... Kill? To commit. To, uh, oh, to, sorry, to commit manslaughter, to commit murder. That's and to right. commit suicide, right? Uh, what about attempted murder? Uh, that's where you deliberately tried to kill somebody but failed. So you try and kill someone, but you're not successful, okay. Yeah. So it's like you try to murder, but you don't manage to do it. Um, that's still very serious, isn't it, attempted murder? Yeah. Um, homicide. This is an expression they use in America. Homicide. Homicide squad. <laughs> what, is, what is homicide? I assume that's just when you've killed a man, but it could be any of those three terms. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually either mur- murder or manslaughter. Oh, okay. It's just the killing of another person is called yeah. homicide. So hom being man. That's right. Side being death. Exactly. There's lots of different other kinds of iside, like regicide. Yeah, it's called a killer king. Most when you kill a king. Um, fratricide. Fratricide. Is that when you kill your brother? Yeah. Um, frat meaning like fraternity, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is infanticide. A, infanticide. Infant. Yeah. It's when you kill a child. That's right. This, not, is, this is very dark. Suicide is when you kill yourself. Suicide, kill yourself. Yeah. Right. So. But murder is just stands out without the side. Okay. I've got one other point here. Uh, what happens, right, if you, um, let's say, for example, I, I go and I try to kill a guy called John. Sorry, yeah. John, if you're listening. But let's say, for example, I, I try to shoot a person called John uh, because I don't like him. And I miss and I shoot Paul yeah. instead. This is, this is like a Beatles story. Um, so if you attempted murder on John... wanted to kill John, but I missed and I shot Paul, and so he died. Attempted murder and involuntary manslaughter. So is that more serious? I would think so. Yeah. Because that, I think... That's in recklessness. In, in, it's reckless murder. I think in some cases that would be considered to be murder. Oh, because really? you've got a combination of attempted murder with the intention to commit an act of murder combined with someone dying, someone dying and you being completely responsible for it. So that somehow becomes... The equivalent of murder, okay? Yeah. Right, now, all those things considered, 
let's now turn to the story. Now, I'm actually reading this from the computer, so I'd ask you not to look at the screen okay. because it might spoil the sort of surprise or whatever. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions and then I'm going to read the paragraph to you and you have to just tell me what you think the answers are to those questions. Okay. Okay? Uh, don't forget to speak nice and clearly into okay. the microphone. Um, right, so this is actually a story which was shared at an awards dinner uh, at the annual American Academy of Forensic Sciences meeting in San Diego a few years ago. Okay. Um, forensics is obviously like the scientific approach to police detective work, like in CSI, you know, yeah. forensics. Okay, so it's like a meeting of forensic people. Um, like and Dexter. Like in Dexter, exactly. Very popular. Um, so, and this story was told at that event, and this is how it goes. Right. So, on March the 23rd, the medical examiner viewed the body of a man named Ronald Opus, and he concluded that he had died from a gunshot wound of the head caused by a shotgun. Okay. Now, investigation to that point had revealed that the deceased had jumped from the t- from the top of a ten-story building with the intent to commit suicide. He actually left a note indicating his despondency, right? Now, as he passed the ninth floor on his way down, as he was falling, his life was interrupted by a shotgun blast which came through a window. So he was falling down, a shotgun blast came out of the ninth floor window and hit him in the head and killed him. Um, Neither the shooter nor the, the, the deceased man were aware that a safety net had been erected on the 8th floor level to protect some window washers who'd been cleaning the windows and that the deceased would not have been able to complete his intent to commit suicide because of the net. Right, have you got the basic uh, idea there? So I'm going to ask you some questions. How did the man die? He died from a gunshot to the wound to the head. Okay. Um, When did the gunshot wound hit him in the head? As he was falling. Okay. Why did he jump from the top of the building? Because he wanted to kill himself. Why did he do that? Because he was unhappy. Right, okay. And so the shotgun blast killed him. Now, what's the significance of the net in this? It's because he would have survived. So right. he tried to take, he, would, he attempted suicide, but would have failed. But actually, someone else caused his death. Okay. All right. So at this point, uh, if you were the uh, sort of detective working on this case, yeah. what's the crime? The crime at this stage is involuntary manslaughter. Okay, why? Because whoever fired the gun didn't mean to kill, kill the person who was falling, but did. Okay, all right. So it's not suicide then? No. So even though the man wanted to die, he jumped off the building, he died. It's still not suicide. Still not suicide. Because he, he was not eventually the cause of his death. Right. He didn't cause his own death. Okay, all right. So Yet. Yet, all right. So let's move on to paragraph two. And the question is, I've just got one question. Why did the medical examiner consider why did the medical examiner consider this to be a homicide? Okay? So um, here's the paragraph. Ordinarily, a person who starts into motion the events with a suicide intent um, ultimately commits suicide, even though the mechanism might not be what he intended. So that he was shot on the way to certain death nine stories below probably would not change his mode of death from suicide to homicide. But the fact that his suicide intent would not have been achieved under any circumstance caused the medical examiner to feel that he had homicide on his hands. 
Do I agree? Um, why did he consider it to be homicide? I, th- I think, as we as we described, is that because he wasn't the cause of his own death. Right. Because okay. what he the, the action he took would not have resulted in him him, him dying. Okay. And it was actually caused by another human being. This person so, on the ninth floor who yeah. shot the shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if he had if he landed um, in the net but it had wrapped around his neck and he died, there would be no other human being involved and that would still be suicide, I assume. Right, okay. It might be negligence if they'd left the net there. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> right, so I'm going to read you the questions for paragraph three first. Okay. Who lived in the room where the shotgun blast came from? <coughs> Who lived in the room where the shotgun blast came from? And why did he shoot the gun? Yeah. And who's responsible for the death? And what would you charge the old man with? If you were the police, what would you... What's the crime? What would you charge the old man with? Okay, right? so this is, these are to bear in mind as you read the next paragraph. Yeah, yeah that's right. We're very organised, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right, so... Um, further investigation led to the discovery that the room on the ninth floor from where the shotgun blast had come, was occupied by an elderly man and his wife. He was threatening her with the shotgun because of uh, an argument, and, be- and, and he became so upset that he couldn't hold the shotgun straight. Therefore, when he pulled the trigger, he completely missed his wife, and the pellets from the shotgun went through the window, hitting the guy in the head, killing him. All right? So who lived in the room where the shotgun blast came from? An old man and a lady. Yeah. Her husband and wife. That's right. And why did he shoot the gun? Because he was attempting to murder, or perhaps manslaughter, his wife. He was attempting to kill his wife. Okay, he was trying to kill his wife, but he missed, um, and and he shot the guy in the head as he fell past the window. Yeah, Amazing, bad luck. Amazingly it's bad like clay luck. pigeon cheating. In a sense, yes. <laughs> but with dire, dire consequences. That's right. Um, so, who's responsible for the death? The man. The man who shot the gun. The man who fired the gun. Okay. And then, if you were the police detective in charge of this case, what would you charge the old man with? What crime? At this point, it would be oh, two crimes. Uh-huh. It would be attempted murder of the, of the woman. woman. And involuntary manslaughter of the guy who's jumping past the window. Right, so the, basically the, the guy's facing a 25-year stretch in prison. At least. Okay. The, the old geezer's going down. Paragraph four. Ready for questions? Yeah. What is the old man's defence? Okay. Now what's the charge? And who loaded the gun? Okay. And is he responsible? All right. So here we go. When one person intends to kill subject A, but kills subject B in the attempt, one is guilty of the murder of subject B. So this is this attempted uh, okay. murder plus that's manslaughter. That's the technicality of the law. That's right. So it's still a, it's considered to be a murder. The old man was confronted with this conclusion, but both he and his wife were adamant in stating that neither knew that the shotgun was loaded because it was the long-time habit of the old man to threaten his wife with an unloaded shotgun. So this is something they always did when they had an argument. He would point the unloaded gun at her and then go click. Not a very In, in a slightly jokey way, I assume. I don't know, but it's not very nice. Anyway, so this was his long-term habit. He actually, he actually had no intent to murder her. Therefore, the killing of the deceased man appeared to be an accident. 
That is, that the gun had been accidentally loaded. Right? Mm -hmm. So, what's the old man's defence? The old man's defence is, I didn't know the gun was loaded, so I was, I was not even attempting to murder her, let alone the person behind. So he was, uh, he was just playing a game, he didn't realise the yeah. gun was loaded. So, what's the charge now? Charge is involuntary manslaughter. Uh, uh, accidental death, it could be. Just accidental death, no one was responsible. Yeah. Really. But surely the man, the old man, you know, thinking thinking about it, is it a reasonable thing to do to, like, you know, uh, even when you think it's not loaded, to point a shotgun at a woman and shoot? Yeah. Even if you know well, it's if, not if, loaded? If you know it's not loaded, then it's basically a toy gun, and that's not a crime. Except that's... that toy guns don't shoot bullets and... Real but, guns but nor do real guns without bullets in. Yeah, but you have to be careful, don't you? You have to. If you've got um, a shotgun in your possession, you have a kind of duty of care to make sure that you know it's not Pro loaded. Probably, if you're if you've got a firearm license, you should have you should know about you should know that kind of thing. Yeah, it should be uh, probably some kind of rule. So he's still kind of responsible for the weapon. So maybe it's still a kind of manslaughter, but with some mitigating factors, maybe. Involuntary manslaughter. So an involuntary... mitigating okay. circumstances. Who loaded the gun? So you haven't... I haven't, to I haven't yet. told you that, yeah. No. Okay. Um, what do you think about the person who loaded the gun? Is there, does he have any responsibility here? Is he liable in some way? Um, I would need to know more. Okay. But, but potentially, yes. It's, yeah. it's irresponsible behaviour to load a gun that's not yours yeah. and leave it loaded without notifying anybody. Yeah, okay. So, my next question for paragraph five is who loaded the gun and why? Yeah. Now who's responsible and what for? Okay. Okay? So, but further investigation turned up a witness who said that um, the old couple's son had been seen loading the shotgun approximately six weeks prior to the fatal accident. That investigation showed that the mother, the old lady, had actually cut off her son's financial support. And her son, knowing the habit of his father to use the shotgun in a threatening way, loaded the gun with the expectation that the father would shoot his mother. So as a kind of sick act of, act of revenge. The case now becomes one of murder on the part of the son for the death of Ronald Opus. Okay. So who loaded the gun? The son did. Of the son of the, the man and the wife. And why did he load the gun? Because he was hoping that it would cause the death of his mother. So he knew that his dad sometimes pointed the gun at his mother and went click. Yeah. So he loaded the gun thinking that his dad would shoot his mother. Why yeah. did he do that? Because his mother cut off his financial support, so he was angry with his mother. Right, so he wanted to get revenge yeah, on revenge, his mum right. and set up his dad, frame his dad for the murder of his, his mum. Yes. God, what a horrible story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep telling it, shall we? Um, all right, so who, now who's responsible? Um, so at this stage, the son is responsible mm. for the death of the man falling outside the window. Why? Uh, because he was the one who made a... Uh, turned a non-deadly weapon into a deadly weapon. Right, by loading it. By loading it, without anyone's knowledge. He also loaded it with the intention of causing the death of his mother. Yeah. So that was, in effect, an act of murder, because he set... In he deliberately attempted to kill his mother through that act. That's right. Do we, do we know that for a fact? Well, apparently, according to this witness, oh, it depends whether you agree with the witness or not, doesn't it, really? Um, okay, so final paragraph... And um, so we have the questions, who was the son? 
Why did the man jump? What's the crime? Okay. Right? So further, even further, even more investigation, further investigation revealed that the son had become increasingly despondent over the failure of his attempt to get his mother murdered. This led him to jump off the 10-storey building on March the 23rd, only to be killed by a shotgun blast through a ninth-storey window. Right, so See. who was the son in the end? Oh, so the son was the guy who killed himself. Right. Trying, attempting to kill himself by jumping from the roof. Right. Why did he jump? Because he was um, depressed and despondent because his because he his mother hadn't been killed by his father. Right. So he was so depressed that his plan had failed that he decided to jump off the roof to kill himself. Then what happened? Then what happened? His own father, in a jokey act of pretending to kill his mother, fired a gun that missed his mother and was loaded. And the bullet from that gun went through the window and killed him as he fell past the window. Yeah. So, what's the crime? There hasn't been a crime. So the, the, all that's happened is someone's committed suicide. It's still suicide. Yeah. How do you explain that it's still suicide? Because he was he attempt, he, he was intending to kill himself, and then he, he and then by his own actions, he ended up dead. So he he was responsible for his death because in a sense for his own death. he kind of committed a murder on himself in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. He intended to kill someone else, and as a result of that, he actually also he, he intended to kill someone else. He intended to kill himself, and. Uh, he did end up killing himself so he intended to kill someone that person ended up being himself yeah Um, so it's a suicide so it's a suicide yeah that's exactly what happened um, in the story the medical examiner eventually decided that this was a suicide and the case was closed what a dark but twisting tale isn't it interesting yeah it is it's a great story Um, now that story went round the internet um, many years ago back in the early days of the internet that was in Apparently, all over the internet in August 1994. One was, of the, it, was it in the film Magnolia? It did appear also in a film. So that story was was told again in a movie called Magnolia in a 1999 film. Good movie. Good movie with Tom Cruise and a few other people. Um, do you think it's true? No. Why not? It's too um, implausible. What do you mean implausible? It's 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 hard to believe. There's too many different things that need to happen to, for that to actually take place. Right. It's very unlikely. Right. So I it's mean. just so hard to believe. So unlikely. Well, the fact is, you're right. It is a made-up story, uh, uh, and it was ra- made up by this guy Mills, who actually originally told the story at this conference. And Mills said this about it. He said, "I made up the story in 1987 to present." Uh, to the audience at that meeting for entertainment and to illustrate how if you alter a few small facts you actually greatly you greatly alter the legal consequences so it just shows that you know there can be a very fine line between murder manslaughter suicide and nothing Um, it all it takes is a few little things to change he said in 1994 someone copied it onto the internet and i was told it had already gathered 200,000 inquiries on the net. In the past two years, I've had around 400 telephone calls about it. Librarians, journalists, law students, even law professors wanting to incorporate it into textbooks. But he had just made the whole story up in order to illustrate a point. So, there you go. Great story, isn't it? Very good story. Yeah. Very good. Do you know any other stories of like famous crimes or anything? Um, famous real crimes. Well, any, any kind of 
crime of um, none, that, none that I could. My dad, my dad told me a very interesting one, but probably unrepeatable. Really, we're not allowed to mention it. I don't think so. Real crimes. Um, no. It's quite hard to think of some famous ones. I mean, there's, there's obviously stories like the O.J. Simpson trial, yeah. where he was um, accused of um, like murdering his his wife. And That's her right. Wife. Wasn't there? Wasn't the key piece of evidence some gloves that he said didn't fit him? Yeah, some gloves he used from... to murder the, to strangle his wife. Yeah, but and and it seemed at the time during the trial that all the evidence seemed to suggest that he did it, that he yeah. murdered her. But then somehow during the trial he managed to, the, the jury decided that, was there a jury? Yeah, there was yeah. a jury, but they decided it wasn't compel- the evidence wasn't compelling enough. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's like that idea that uh, it has to be beyond reasonable doubt, yeah. doesn't it? So that means if you're committing a man to, you know, if, you, if you're accusing a man or proving a man of guilty of murder, uh, if you're returning a verdict of guilty, you, know, you need to be absolutely sure because it would be terrible if you sent the guy to prison when he was actually innocent. And during the days of capital punishment in England, there were stories of innocent people being hanged. Yeah. Who were later pardoned, but that's not much yeah, help when you're dead. Yeah, it's not much help, is it, really? And there's obviously the Michael Jackson case. There's lots of famous cases with, with celebrities. The Jackson case, I don't think that was a criminal case. That was a, oh, was a private uh, civil case, I right. think. Um, and of child abuse. Yeah, but um, I think it was a claim for damages... I'm not no. sure, it may have been a bit more complicated, it may have been a criminal case too, but it, I think it was a private case between, you know, some individuals, some parents, and Michael Jackson. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah, And, in fact, he settled out of court, he made an out-of-court settlement. So he wasn't found not guilty, he just settled out of court, so that means... I, I didn't think that was the case, I thought he was found... No, no, he wasn't found, he wasn't found guilty. Okay. No, I'm, I'm almost certain that he settled out of court but but basically when you make an out of court settlement it's basically a way to sort of stop the 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 case continuing and it's almost like admitting isn't it (laughs) i don't know that would be um probably libelous to suggest that i don't know yeah um anyway there you go I hope you enjoyed the story. Very good story. I enjoyed the story very much. Good. Excellent. Uh, do you want another glass of wine? Yeah, I would, yeah. All right, then. Fine, good. I'll, uh, I'll pour you one in a second. Thanks. Anything else you want to say? You want to say? <laughs> no, 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 that was, that was good fun. Actually. Okay, that's, that's about... That was actually about 35 minutes. If that was a conversation with my dad, that would be about a three and a half hour podcast. That would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you should do, it. I, do should, it. I should interview your dad. You should. I'm sure he's got some interesting stories to tell. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm going to get the, the wine in then. Okay, that was the conversation between me and my cousin. Now, I do recommend that you visit my website because there you can find uh, things like vocabulary which I used in this episode. Uh, You can actually see the vocab and read it and check out the definitions and stuff. And also you will see a transcript of the story of Ronald Opus, uh, which you can read and sort of really understand. So I recommend that you visit the site, and you probably know what the website address is. Of course, it's http colon forward slash forward slash www.teacherluke.podomatic.com. Now, I realise that all of my episodes are available free on the internet, but um, I do put in some work uh, to do this uh, podcast and I have to pay for uh, the subscription to Podomatic, so please send me a donation if you can. It's very simple. You just use PayPal. 
Also, I know that uh, because this podcast is available free, a lot of people download it from iTunes, which is a very good way of doing it because you can subscribe there and then receive every new update uh, as it's published. And also there are various other websites around on the internet which um, host my site or at least uh, provide links to it. So I just do remind everyone who's listening to this, whether you're on iTunes or some other kind of software, that you should visit the website because there you can find lots of useful information and other things like videos, um, a comments box where you can comment. You can find... um, a link to my Twitter account so you can read all my tweets there and various other things that I post up there from time to time. Uh, You can also donate uh, by clicking buttons on that page. So please visit the site uh, teacherluke.podomatic.com and you can look forward to more episodes of Luke's English Podcast in the near future. Thank you very much for listening. That's it for this episode. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget that you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and of course on Facebook. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.